0: This episode of the Infamous Podcast is brought to you by CBS All Access. Looking for a new streaming service to add so you can watch more stuff? Check out CBS All Access. Hit up Infospodcast.com slash CBS and you can get a free one-week trial to CBS All Access and check out things like Star Trek Discovery, Picard, Survivor, um, you know, all the other cool stuff that CBS has to offer, Star Trek Discovery. I said that already. You should really watch that. Um, yeah, so hit up InfantistPodcast.com slash CBS to learn more. Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is episode 241, Artemis Fowl. Fowl? Fowl? Anyway, I'm Brian. With me is... Always is Daryl. And before we get started, thank you to our Patreon patrons, Julianne Brown, and whoever else wants to be the next one. Um check it out, infestpodcast.com. Just click on the link that says Patreon, and I'll take you right there. Um, while you're there, also check out info CBS to get your free one week trial to CBS All Access and get caught up on Star Wars or Star Star Wars, Star Trek Discovery. Uh, before the new season comes out at some point in the very near future
1: anyway yeah they really need to to come on now
0: yeah right get on it what's up daryl how you doing there's a lot of these shows that are we know are coming right soon but i'm actually really surprised they haven't started pulling some of these things forward um especially yeah, you- for the streaming serve streaming only type shows
1: yeah, we finally got a date so. for Umbrella Academy season yeah. two.
0: Yeah, we got that a couple weeks ago on, on July 2nd or whatever it is.
1: July 2nd.
0: I think that's when it comes out.
1: No, uh, 31st. Oh, July
0: 31st. Okay, whatever. I think it, whatever. we, But it came out a little bit ago. But anyway, uh, all right. So this week we are talking about the Disney Plus original, in air quotes, film, Artemis Fowl and you can spell foul however you like Ugh. uh we are talking star wars Whirler squadrons alert. uh the forthcoming flight simulator game that is coming out and then we've got uh some cool news stories uh some some actual disney plus star wars stuff um the adaption of frank miller's cursed and coming to netflix and then david Kep cope um one of the writers from Spider-Man, the Toby Maguire one, uh, is concerned about his difficulties pleasing fans by not making things that people want to see.
1: <laughs> oh wait, did I, I, I let my funny. opinion
0: out on that already?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny. Uh, one of the comments in one of the comments I, I read was, "Well, just follow the source material, right? See, so easy. All right, so miss
0: Artemis Fowl yeah well and
1: I'm not even I don't even know the books uh, we'll talk about that later. Yep,
0: we will talk about that at the end of the episode we definitely strong opinions um, I might actually like at like after we're done record something with Haley because she liked it and I kind of want to make fun of her for liking it um <laughs> That's geez. anyway that would be so You're mean. A monster
2: <laughs> <Amy>.
0: <laughs> like the um gingerbread man and what's it called all <laughs> right uh all right so Apparently we're going to get a whole lot more Star Wars in the future and it's all going to be live action TV so- shows. Um I'm okay with that. And it looks like The Mandalorian season 2 is going to be used to make a bunch of like backdoor pilots. Um so one of the, the one of the things that uh well okay, first off, if you guys want to see some really good coverage on this, check out The Nerd Den on YouTube. I don't know Daryl, do you do you follow him?
1: No I don't um i wanna one or, that I I'm sorry the den of
0: nerds den of nerds the den nerd den is the studio where i sit um yeah. and when you sit occasionally when you when you travel north of the wall to to come up here yeah. um but so he's done a lot of really good uh a lot of good stuff, and he actually coined the term the the star wars m c u which apparently he's gotten a lot of hate in his comments about, but I kind of really like that. So But of
1: course he does. Because yeah. what's
0: Why what's you? this
1: world now without hate? You know, oh, I, don't, I know. don't agree with something you say. So but Whatever. actually the
0: the um the, the Disney Plus people are using Game of Thrones as the comparison. And apparently this which... is building off what the double Ds um had started to put together before they signed that fat Netflix development check uh and abandoned Star Wars, which you know, to each their own how they feel about that. Um mm-hmm. but essentially it's gonna be a bunch of separate shows that are interwoven story wise throughout the Disney plus cinematic universe. So the plus C U. Um <laughs> that sounds so stupid. Uh anyway. I'm super excited for this. Uh this is what we've needed with Star Wars for a long time. This I think doing this as a TV um, streaming whatever type of a thing, is the best way to move past the Skywalker saga and then open up the the cinema to to more standalone stories.
1: Absolutely, and it the two most important letters is you're talking about the double Ds, the double Fs. Filoni and Favreau are going to be over. I think Feloni's going to be overseeing it, but they're all both going to be involved. Yep. Which, again, what we've done, what he, what Favreau and Filoni has has done with the Mandalorian, what Filoni did with Rebels, and did he do Clone Wars? Yep. Yeah. the The storytelling for the most part, In, in those shows. This is yeah. These two guys so, can so do...
0: Outside of Star Wars too, Filoni was on Avatar: The Last Airbender as well. Okay. So okay, yeah, like yeah, this yeah, guy but... has chops out the wazoo, right? But I mean yeah. he is he you know, like he can go to George and be last time we met, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Um because he has become the master of Star Wars. And and yeah, he's gonna oversee this. Um you know, Favreau, I think, is is probably gonna slide into that like Feige esque role mm-hmm. to kind of oversee all of it and then um, I think because did you watch any of the the behind the scenes Mandalorian stuff?
1: Yeah, I haven't finished it. I, I watched the first two episodes. Okay, and that was one, the second one about the directors when Filoni was talking yeah. about how he got it into Star Wars. So.
0: so when you get to the one called uh, the the one about the technology, where they talk about the volume, um, the volume is the set in which they shoot, and basically what it is is like instead of like green screens they have this like super high def dome screen that they can just put whatever background they want in there and, no, and then I, like build like some set pieces in front of that. And like they can make changes on the fly and, and really kind of, so they treat it so they're, they're, they're storyboarding and they're shooting a lot of this stuff like animation. um And because when, you know, listening to Filoni talk in that second episode about the directing, the way George had them do Clone Wars, they did a lot of blocking like they would do for actors and then they would go and draw it for the animation. Ah, that's interesting. So, yeah, so I, I, this is I, I really cool.
1: Yeah, I need to get back to that um special. But yeah, I think we talked about a few weeks ago how them focusing on the tv you know the television side of things of star wars instead of the big screen is both of us were fine by it and this like i am very excited for this again because of the two individuals involved oh yeah and they're going to have a plan you know they're not going to just do oh i don't know a trilogy and you know not have a you know right outline of where they were going to get where they're going to go so i they, mean these guys are going to do that
0: hopefully what they do is they kind of uh undo some of the sequel trilogy um i didn't hate all of the sequel trilogy right no me neither um i i, I liked the force awakens i thought it was a great reintroduction to star wars even though it was a retread of star Wars. absolutely derivative um, i i liked some I, like i liked all the ray and kylo ren stuff from the last jedi um yes. everything else in there was hot garbage. And then I th- I liked The Rise of Skywalker, but I feel like it was a standalone movie. It was not the end of a story. Um yeah. or it was episode eight and like maybe we'll maybe in twenty twenty two they really have the real episode nine coming out and they'll just be like, mm-hmm. Yeah, the last Jedi never happened. That was like episode seven point five. Um <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think the cool thing about this is, is this is what we've been, as fans, been begging for from, from Star Wars, is to give Dave Filoni the reins to to a larger chunk of the universe and let him run with it.
1: Yeah, and to your, like, when we were just talking about, I I'm a, I was a big fan of The Force Awakens. I, I, granted, part of that was a nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. Part of it was Daisy Ridley. I love her. Wow. Uh uh, yeah. I was gonna say Ben Solo. <laughs> <Wow. Adam> driver. <laughs> but yeah, both like their part in The Last Jedi is was very salvageable. Yeah. Oh yeah. right the salvage of the movie, but and the rise of Skywalker, you know, yeah, Abrams made a lot of mistakes. Some of it was because of what happened before. Mm-hmm. Other other things I would say, like I'm not gonna put it all on your favorite guy, Ruin but uh i mean greg grumberg did
0: ruin a lot of the trilogy i'm not gonna lie
1: i i I, didn't just say you like jumped up and down when he got shot down i
0: did not jump up and down but i may have done a little like yes a fist pump a little like fist (laughs) pump yeah uh like the little meme of the little baby like bringing the fist down like like the elbow down thing anyway yeah um but no I I will say this. I I'm really I really want them to be very deliberate in who they pick as the creators that they do with these TV shows, right? Absolutely. Um I think Deborah Chow needs to be a part of any creative team that they put yep. together. I think Ruek mm-hmm. needs to be a part of any creative team that they put together because yep. um I like the the heist one like so I just rewatched the Mandalorian um over the last weekend or whatever uh when i was just taking time to ice my hip and i like i found that their two episode, there the four episodes that they did collectively were probably the ones that i liked the most outside of the the finale with you know that taika directed um yeah but you know i i like i like the one that bryce dallas howard directed it was a great like kind of slow down and reset what was happening with, with Mando and the child. And, and, you know, we, we were finally inter were introduced to Cara Dune. Um, and I would like to see all of them. Like, I'd like to see more from Bryce Dallas Howard. Cause I thought the action that she did, even though it was very like earth-based, um, it, it would have been great to see that, to see what she can do with a space battle. Um, yeah. Cause you know, I mean her dad, Obviously, like the best parts of Solo were the Millennium Falcon flying, doing the Kessel run. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, you know, she, she definitely has that, that visual style. But I, you know, I, I'm excited. Like, if, if, if we're really getting a live action Ahsoka and we're going to really get a live action Rebels follow up, I just want to, I want to reiterate, um, if anyone from the story group is listening, which they're probably not, but like if anyone knows anyone in the story group and they can share this, Dev Patel as Ezra Dev Bridger. Patel. is 100 <laughs> cent must. I mean, I called it. So I called Donald Glover as Lando years before they announced it years. Right. When they first were like, Hey, we might do a solo movie. I'm like, great. Hired Like you can go back and listen to the podcast. There's a tweet about it two years before they announced it. Um, Dev Patel as Ezra Bridger is 100% and then I saw a rumor that Sasha Banks from WWE might be playing Sabine Wren um I love Sasha love her she's mm. my favorite she's my current favorite fe- she's my favorite female wrestler currently wrestling right Mhm. I don't know if she can act so like that's if-
1: that's where I'm I'm kind of mm, I don't know
0: so if she yeah. can act, awesome. But I you know, I, I trust them, especially with Dave and, and John in charge. Um Has she been in anything before? No. I mean I mean she plays a character. She plays Sasha I mean, Banks on WWE. WWE and you know, yeah. she's fantastic at that. So you know, who knows? But um I will say this. Um the last thing is whatever they do, I want them to do the behind the scenes documentary series for everything.
1: Oh, I love yeah, that is I'm a fan of behind the scenes, director commentaries. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of all that. I've watched it. I watched them for like most of the MCU movies that they have them for. So I just love that stuff.
0: Right. So if you go watch, once you watch the one about the technology, um, there's a book called the droid maker. And, and I've talked about it on the podcast before. It, it's a book about the rise of Lucasfilm and industrial light and magic. And there are, are things that John Favreau like asks for, when when he came over to to Star Wars to do the Mandalorian, they're like, oh yeah, George has been working on that, um, like technology he thought he made up, um, and and the people at ILM are are the people who should save society. Yeah, they are the smartest people on the planet. Sorry, NASA. Yeah. Anyway, they,
1: they're they're pretty awesome.
0: All right. Uh, so yeah so you know all right so the Kenobi series there's talk about a Boba Fett series which I'm not really interested I, that in. was
1: the one I'm not, that was the um, only one out of the group that I just said you know I'm not really interested and I, I want mean, watch
0: it, I want the Cassian but... and or K2SO series but only if it's following that like alleged storyline that he was actually an imperial double agent um, because I think that's a really cool idea cuz we saw a yeah, bunch of like, like rebels, you know, do it the other way, but there weren't really a whole lot of like imperial spies. Like we never heard about them. They kind of treated like the, the imperials like they were this bumbling organization when the ISB yeah. was, you know, the um you know, the top intelligence agency in the galaxy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that seems like that's a misstep not to include that in some type of in 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 canon in some way shape or form.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So moving on. Uh, you've watched this trailer. I haven't. I'm gonna play it here in a sec. Um, and and we can talk about it. Do you want to cue it up so you can watch uh, yeah, it? Actually, Just like turn the volume down on yours. Um. Yeah. Hold on. And then uh, we can we can discuss Cursed, which I am f- not familiar with this Frank Miller book. Um, but it's an Excalibur story, so I'm all in. I think uh, – I'm really hoping Frank Miller can – I don't know how old this one is, but I'm hoping he can kind of turn it around because I do like to say he hasn't written anything good since before RoboCop 2. So, anyway, you ready? All right. All right, I'm going to hit play now. All right. So it opens up with – it looks like Catherine Langford's eyes and then an old man with a sword with – okay, this is like the most Frank Miller thing – it's got yeah, it like does. it's got like that whole 300. Zack Snyder three hundred thing. There's a kid, some girl gets tackled, okay. Creepy deer there people. Oh Floki, nice. Floki. So he's not related to any of the Stigars guards. Did you actually know that? Yeah, he is. He is how? I don't think yeah. he is. Yeah, he is. Oh, okay. So, all right, so we've got a one true king sword. Um, speaking of a good one true king sword movie, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, highly underrated, Guy Ritchie. I love that movie. Um, All right, so she's the one true king with the sword. Or she's cursed to have the sword. Hmm, interesting. And she's got some weird, like, scars coming out of her face. All right. Cursed. July 17th. July 17th. Is this so, is a movie or a show? It's a show. Oh, cool.
1: So, have you ever read um, any of the Shannara books?
0: No, and I, I I haven't watched it on MTV either. So,
1: yeah, the MTV one is it, it's it's rough. It's it speaking of when we're talking about keeping the source material, like well, I, I'll say I like the actors who are, yeah. who are on the show, but the actual product really it's really hard to get through. Now, Manu Bennett is in it. He's actually he actually plays. Um, Aladdin, like the Druid, like one of the main characters in the one of the series. Yeah, but this, so she, and again, you know, some people see this and and think just automatically think. Again, I, I understand. You know, people are are getting bombarded with this so much in the gender bending mm-hmm. of certain characters. This is a from what I read is a little different. This actually tells a story of her being becoming the lady of the lake okay and the reason i mentioned shanara is i can't remember i don't know if it was the first trilogy there is i don't there are so many shanara trilogies they're they're pretty Mm -hmm. much the same but good stuff but one of the characters is her journey there's a thing called the elk cries and
0: wait are we talking about shanara or cursed
1: shanara and i'm I'm gonna make the connection okay like this is one of those like it's kind of like She's like the princess in the Shannara, one of the Shannara series. Who, basically, her mission is to, you know, get these stones, and she ends up becoming the Christ. It's a tree that ba- basically prevents the demons from getting into the, sh- the world of Shannara. Okay. So, I, 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 people look at this, and because I, I was just looking at some of the comments, and they think it's one thing, but it's it's like no, yes, she might get the sword, but at least from what I read, it mm-hmm. looks like she's gonna. It's her journey to become the Lady of the Lake. So
0: okay.
1: I'm, I am I mean, again, it's the trailer doesn't give you much at all, except like you said, the Frank Miller. OK, Zack
0: Snyder. So the, 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 the summary of the comic is the Lady of the Lake is the true hero in the cinematic twist on the tale of King Arthur created by Thomas Wheeler, Wheeler and legendary artist, producer, director, Frank Miller, featuring eight full color and 30 black and white pieces of original art by Frank Miller that's in the the graphic novel. Okay. So yeah, um it seems like she's no, I, hiding and she comes out. All right, so I don't feel like they're gender bending anything here, which again, I don't well, no, necessarily what, have
1: but, a problem with, but um No, I no, what I was saying is that uh, you know, people see this and that's the, what they automatically think because studios have like over the last few years studios are, have been doing people this. People
0: are stupid and don't read and look things up just yeah but also studios are stu- <laughs> studios are stupid too <laughs> sorry again i about. like
1: that style that we yeah. saw
0: well we're both big fans of, of 300 and um yeah you know i'm I, i'm really really kind of interested to see this now knowing it's an arthurian legend story yeah um that being God. one of my favorite um public domain intellectual properties so yeah. I'm uh I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely and to check this out, man. Yeah, I mean just think of what's
1: coming out next month on Netflix. This, mm-hmm. the old guard, I think comes out the tenth. Yep. Um Warrior Nuns, which I was telling you about, comes out like the first week, which again, Warrior Nuns is looks interesting, not as interesting as Curse does for right. me. And then Curse. And, and I know there's other stuff coming I, I out. I like but... Katherine
0: Langford. I liked her in the first season of uh of Thirteen Reasons Why and she um she showed up in the finale of season um of season four in the series finale spoiler and it well but well, she's a ghost um so not really a spoiler and, spoiler. and there's something that really it's it's really <laughs> funny what happens there when she shows up so it was it was a nice way to like actually end the story um but yeah, all right, so let's move on to david cope kep keep however you want to say it um he has worked on a lot of films. Spider Man, Panic Room, ooh, uh, just j- Jurassic Park,
1: Jurassic Park,
0: Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Poop, um, you know, amongst other things. And you <laughs> shared this with me earlier, um, and and he was he was on another podcast, the Real Blend Podcast, and he was asked to share his thoughts about pleasing fans and why it's such a difficult difficult thing to do, um and he he's talking about spider-man a little bit and he goes on to talk about some other things but his quote about spider-man he says it's very hard i was on spider-man also because at the time it was a comic book it had been around for 35 years and it was beloved by me and others fabulous empathetic just a brilliant design for a character somebody who's truly innocent screwed up a little bit screwed up a lot And was made to pay far more than was fair uh, and has been trying to make up for it ever since, but kept a sense of humor. Wow, that's a great character. Anyway, it was similar to doing that in that when the first Spider-Man came around, the Internet was fairly young and it was pretty nasty already. I don't remember the Internet being nasty towards the original Spider-Man.
1: I don't know about that, but yeah, like I think he was talking about more about the internet, people being nasty on the internet, which okay. 100% they were.
0: Oh, okay. Um, that was one
1: of the first things I realized when I was on the internet. I was like, oh, wow, so we're going to go that way. Yeah. Okay.
0: So so he, he kind of <laughs> closes this out, and like there's a link to it in the show notes, but he says, uh, so much noise, so many opinions, and so much Lucasfilm fans in particular are difficult to please. There's a lot of pressure, and it can be very distracting. Okay. So I'm not 100% sure how you feel about this. I have not shied away in our conversation about my feelings of this guy whining about writing things that people don't like.
1: I will say this. this. And this is important as any type of creator, just a person, if you want to be successful, understand that you're not going to please everybody. Yeah. With that said, you have to understand if you're going to adapt something that people love, they love it for a certain reason. When you change those things that they love, expect backlash. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not that difficult. And in and, and a lot of these studios, a lot of these writers, they make things difficult when they try to make changes. They try to be cute. And sometimes again, it's not necessarily the directors or writers, it's people in the executive studio smart yeah. when they're yeah, they're not smart. Because they obviously they're tone deaf, they think they know what they're doing and they don't. So, on one at one hand, you know you're not going to please everyone, like that's just it. And but at the same time, it's a simple formula: stay as true to the source material as you possibly can.
0: So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. I don't think you have to stay as true to the store, source material as you pup. Possibly can, but I think there are some uneditable features in characters that you just need to keep.
1: Yeah, and that's what and that's what I mean. Like th- things are going to change. Example, the X Men when they changed the suits in the first suit, you know, in the first movies, and they make the joke. It made sense, and some people didn't like the change in uniform. I didn't mind it, but yeah, if, like you said, there are certain things. There's the heart of a property, whatever it may be, whether it's a book or mm-hmm. a comic whatever that you just can't change right so and again it's different for everything you know certain things have a wider range of things you can tinker with especially with comics because Mm -hmm. of the history oh yeah and everything like that i mean you like Um, let's
0: look at captain america for an example right mm -hmm. he's been around for 70 years just like batman and you know joe johnston definitely made some changes to the first captain america movie And they were all for the better. Um, Yeah. You know, part of that was Marvel in the early 2000s kind of had this little stroke of brilliance that worked for a little bit where they did this ultimate universe where they rebooted all of these characters, X-Men, Avengers, Spider-Man, as if they were starting in early 2000. Right. So Peter Parker, instead of being a teenager in the 40s, was a teenager in 2001. And you know, they were fun. They were uh, they were a great thing. We got Miles Morales out of it. I think without that, we're we're missing a great character and we don't get Uh-oh. you know into Spider Verse. Um but you know, we, we don't get the version of Thor that we see in Thor Ragnarok, that's for sure. Um
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But you know, that that's 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 they still stuck to some some irrefutable like points to the Spider Man character. Uncle Ben dies, right? Peter feels responsible yeah. for it. Now I, I will agree with him on on the one thing is Peter. The, the whole thing about Peter Parker is he's fighting for redemption and he's, he's always trying to redeem himself. Um, he goes through a, a point in the comics where he's like, no one dies while I'm around. Nobody dies. Uh, and it, it, it's this great, like Sisyphus pushing the boulder uphill Tail of of Spidey, and that's kind of what he is. He's Atlas with the with the world on his shoulders. And yeah. you know, there's a great there's a great line in, in Justice League Unlimited when they say um, it, it's in the Once and Future King episode where Warhawk looks to John Stewart and he says, "Well, what do what do we do? when what do you do when you feel like you have the 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 whole weight of the world on your shoulders?" And John looks at him, he says, "You set your feet, um, <laughs> right."
1: Well, it, I mean, it's that's great advice. When, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like what cap said to uh scarlet witch in civil war you save as many people as you can
0: That's um sad. like superman you that... can't save them all yeah you know now witch. jonathan and martha kent from the the snyder verse of Sp- superman you monsters he has to save some of them <laughs> he can't let them all die you monsters but <laughs> yeah anyway um yeah, so I, you know, like reading this, I, you know, I was joking, and I'm not gonna, use, I'm not gonna say what I, I said before we started recording because it's, you know, it was just mean. But you know, get you're you're a creative dude. Get some thicker skin. Like if you yeah. if you're if you're out there, and yes, there are people who are gonna say horrible, horrible things. But you know what? There are people who are gonna say great things about it because that that yeah. the first two Spider-Man movies really oh man, they're so good, like. You know, the X Men movies were great, but those first two Spider Man movies really set the tone for what modern superhero movies are. Um and and you know, aside from the organic webs and and some of that in the first movie, it was really good. And, you know, I I think I think part of the problem and they tried to fix this in The Amazing Spider Man, is they went to the Mary Jane well way too soon. And and ignored the the whole Gwen Stacy arc that kind of set Peter up for how he is in love, uh, for the rest of the character's life, and and is still currently happening. Um, whereas the Amazing Spider-Man did the Gwen Stacy thing, and then they were going to introduce Mary Jane, which I, I felt yeah. like was the right way to go. I think the way that. Spider Man MCU version is handling this is really interesting because she's not Mary Jane Watson. She her name is yeah. Mary Jane, but she's just a girl named MJ. Um, yeah, and and she's a new character, you know, like I she's a new character with the same name, which I I don't necessarily have a problem with. Plus Zendaya is fantastic in the role, so like that's a thing where they they've they've skewed continuity and they've skewed canon, um, but it works because. What what do Spider-Man. I mean? Well, what do we always say? What is the most important thing in any of these things? Story. Yeah, the character, story, story character, yeah. and and yeah, well, you know, it's and, all a slave to the story.
1: Yeah, and to your point about Spider-Man, you know, being that this Sisyphus uh, again, Civil War, Peter's line. What does he say? When you have these powers, and the bad things happen, you know. You basically, basically, it's the great power, great responsibility yep. line. So without saying, even it. though they have a, a MJ who's not Mary Jane, even though they like, they didn't necessarily change it, they've gone in a little different direction. Right, that core tenet of Spider-Man's character is still in there, mm-hmm. which it's one of the things that people were disappointed in, in a sense. With you know, as much as I love Man of Steel, you know, he's about hope, and they made him kind of like a brooding. 30-something
0: in a way. Yeah, so and, you know, the I whole heard- – the S stands for hope. That was really it. Um, you yeah. know, I think part of that, you look back at at the time, and I know we don't talk about politics too much, but, you know, the whole Obama campaign was run on hope, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It wasn't actually run – like, that first campaign wasn't actually run on anything but the idea of hope. And, you know, fair enough, he won. Um, and I'll let people argue about what kind of president he was. But so at that time when man of steel came out in 2009, I mean, it was kind of 13 sorry, 2013. Thank you. It was still kind of in that zeitgeist of hope is, is a thing. Um, you know, I, I think star Wars went way overboard with the idea of hope in the, uh, in the sequel trilogy. Um, but yeah, it's that, I mean, you can look at the star Wars sequel trilogy they 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 were there were two creators who were in charge of those three movies and neither one of them understood Star Wars. No. Neither one of them.
1: No, they didn't. Nope. They didn't. and again I I like like I said we both said we liked oh, yeah. the Force Awakens and we, we both liked a uh, certain part of Last Jedi. So, I mean my my, my takeaway
0: so, my so my takeaway from from the sequel trilogy, right? Han Solo was a deadbeat. Luke Skywalker was a, a crazy hermit and Leia was someone who couldn't actually get it done and just wanted to fight. <laughs> I mean I mean am I wrong? Not really. I mean that's that's that that is the lasting legacy of the three most important characters or th- I'm not three not the three most, but three of the most important characters in all of pop culture. Yeah. Thank you Ryan and JJ. You actually called him by his name. Uh, I was, you know, I mean, it's easy to call him Ruin. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I don't want to be one of those toxic man babies, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like they made it. She's someone who the universe was like, or the galaxy was like, eh. I'm tired of I'm tired of you and your fights. And I get it. The you know they 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 came back and said that the first order was blocking all transmissions throughout the galaxy. Okay, um,
1: <laughs> that's some major type of
0: uh- yeah technology yeah this was a group that was invading from the outer rims but you know had conquered the core worlds already in a day in a day since the the Hosnian system attack keep in mind actually not even a day in like 17 hours (laughs) so all right anywho uh yeah so David Cope I think like yes it is difficult it, it is difficult to please fans when you are trying to do weird shit you look at Deadpool Deadpool does a great job of pleasing fans without being fan service.
1: Yeah. And to your point, um, speaking of Ryan Johnson, when people say, hey, I want to piss off 50% of the fans, that shows you have no idea what you're doing.
0: Yeah, you're you're just contrarian. And, 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 you know, fine, make your art, make your films. Uh, From what I understand, Knives Out, people like it. It's on I Amazon. No that was fine. It's on Amazon Prime now. I might try and watch it. I don't know. Um, I liked Brick. I liked Looper. So there. Um I I he's not an untalented filmmaker. Uh hey, real quick yeah. before we get to our main stories. Um, they HBO Max released a 30 second teaser sneak peek of the Snyder cut. Yes, saw with, it. With uh with a, a nice little shot of Darkseid Side. Um and it was pretty cool. So they're talking about they're going to split it up into four chapters.
1: Yeah. I, yeah no, honestly. just
0: make it one four-hour movie and let yeah. me pause it and go to the bathroom. <laughs> that's yeah. all I need. I
1: honestly, as long as I get it, I don't care yeah. right now. I, I'd rather it be in a four-hour cut, honestly. Yeah. But if they do four chapters, you know what? At least we're getting it. Yeah, I, that's, that's the one thing I, I don't – after the abomination – that was Justice League.
0: Mm-hmm. Take the, I'll take. So I uh, I rewatched Justice League yesterday, and um, it was as bad. Did you as... not claw your eyes out? It was as bad as I remember it. Um, <laughs> so it, it's it's the first time I've watched it since the theater. Um,
1: Still traumatized.
0: Yeah, I I was you know I I will say this Steppenwolf on like a smaller cuz i mean i have a 55 inch 4k um he did not look nearly as bad as he did on a 30 foot screen so um he still looked bad and and his lips still did not actually move and um <laughs> Cy- cyborgs cyborgs armor um oh, was dude, horrible that, and like the one the, one the one the, the 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 cyborg side of his head was Did not line up with the top of the other side of his head. Um, Not even the hair. Like it was like way lower. So that bothered me. Um, But yeah. And then the mustache gate. (laughs) Oh man. God, that's that's a hellscape of a nightmare right there. All right. So we've been talking about news for a little while. Let's move on to our first main topic here. Star Wars Squadrons. We got the preview trailer for that this week. It comes out on October second, twenty twenty, which a lot of people were surprised that that was coming out um, this year. Uh, after you guys are done listening to this, check out Star Wars Explained. Um, they do a lot of, they've got a bunch of really good coverage for this. Or go check out IGN's coverage; they have a lot of good stuff um, as well. But the summary for, for this is master the art of starfighter combat and the authentic piloting experience Star Wars squadrons. Buckle up and feel the adrenaline of first-person multi, multiplayer space dogfights along with your squadron and learn what it means to be a pilot in the thrilling Star Wars single-player story. So there's, there's two, two aspects to this game. There is a, a single-player campaign and there is going to be multiplayer online. Um, I will say I finished both single player campaign single player campaigns of Star Wars Battlefront 2 over the weekend. So that was fun. Uh, If there's a single player campaign, I want to have it take anywhere between 8 to 15 hours. I don't want to be able to finish two campaigns in three hours. Yeah. That was just not fun. I mean, it was fun while I was playing, but... And we both know I'm really bad at first person shooters. Like, really, <laughs> yeah, really that- bad at them. So.
1: so and, and yeah, it's not one of those games because it's a, a, a flight simulator. You, yeah. you you can't camp in the corner.
0: <laughs> no, but I can fly like it's nobody's business. I'm good at the okay, flight I also was going to ask if you so, were a fan of uh, yeah, flight simulators. I prefer the flight parts of it. Like, I actually try and make those last as long as. Like, the flight battles, I tried to make them last as long as I could. Um, like especially there's one in the in the second campaign where you're you're fighting in an asteroid and I kept like making them chase me around asteroids and stuff like that so um so yeah all right so I'm super excited about this this is from Motive um is the studio working with EA for this um it'll be available for PC download PlayStation Four and Xbox One on October so 2nd. I
1: wonder. So, I wonder if they're going to have microtransactions or have they learned their They way.
0: haven't said anything yet. I feel like they've learned their lesson.
1: Oh, uh, Battlefront 2 was a shit show with that. Like,
0: Well, I mean, it ruined the Battlefront 2 game. It really did. because they, Because what they ended up doing was taking all of that stuff out and then putting out a game that wasn't actually finished. Yep. So... Um, all right. So key features there is uh, you can plan your skirmishes with your squadron in a briefing room before taking off. So hopefully that's like a time box thing where like maybe you only have like one or two minutes to make a plan. Um, and then you can compete in intense five V five multiplayer dogfights or unite your squadrons to um, tip the scales in, mon- in in monumental fleet battles together. Um. There is the Master Legendary Starfighters take control of different classes of Starfighters from both the New Republic and Imperial Fleets. Um, this includes the A-wing, the Tie Bomber, the X-wing. Um, oh shoot, they don't have them all listed here. But um, they don't have the B-wing, and they did not have the Tie Interceptor, which I found, th- or the um, the not the Tie Interceptor, the, the one that Thrawn made. The um,
1: oh yeah, the uh, what is it called?
0: Oh god, my brain just went blank. Anyway, um, the tie, whatever the tie elite, whatever it was. But um, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> anyway, so you know, it, it's pretty cool that that they have that. I, I'm hoping um that when you are um the tie defender, thank you. I'm hoping that when you're playing, it's not just like ten ten ships out there though. Like there needs to be other ships, like controlled by ai or just like npcs just flying around that mm-hmm. can can cause issue because the sky is going to feel really empty if it's there's only 10 10 ships out yeah there. yeah
1: and and i'm i'm wondering if they'll have a, kind of like more of a a battle royale type where it's like just and again this might be issues with the server, not issues but like constraints with the mm-hmm. server or what have you where they have dozens of just dozens of, of ships in the sky. It'll be interesting to see where it goes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I This is one of those that I would have to check out the beta before, you know, going, going, because I'm not a huge fan of air, uh, like, air, uh, like flight simulators.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, other than, again, this will date, this will really date me after Burner.
0: Dude, I loved Afterburner. I, I I actually beat Afterburner in the arcade.
1: I love that, I, uh, that's memories right there. But so, but I had to be yeah, in Mike's- the
0: one that moved, right? Like I couldn't just yes, stand there and absolutely. beat it. Absolutely. Um. Yep. All right. So I will say one thing. So I just talked about Alphabet Squadron, right? Um, mm-hmm. with you. So one of the squadrons mit- listed in that is Vanguard, and that is the the focus of the game. For um, part of part of the game is the Vanguard Squadron, um, which is on General Harrison Dula's capital ship. So, and we did get Hera in the in the trailer, um, and we got Wedge. So that was pretty yeah. cool. And so, if we're getting Wedge at this point, I think it means we're getting Snap's mom as well, because um, they're married. So, yeah, yeah. He Snap's stepdad, by the way yeah which just don't and you notice he didn't don't. care he didn't care when when snap got blown up i'm just putting that out there <laughs> so
1: just don't screw it up ea
0: yeah so um all right so the star wars.com has five highlights from the squadron release um and there's a link to it in the show notes as well as the pre-order link which um it just says pre-order coming soon uh but the cool thing is it shows heroes on both sides right it's not just the yeah. Empire is bad, the, the Republic is good. The I like Republic that. The Republic is good. I thought that was really good. Yeah, that um, was really cool. You know, I so I really want to make sure that it's not just the, the cockpit view, though, because I really like that, like, looking at the back of the plane when I fly. Like, um, kind of like, yeah, the third person. Yeah, the third person. Because, one, it's really fun to watch them do, like, barrel rolls and it's less fun to just watch the screens bend. Um <laughs> So yeah, there's that. Uh, the U wing I think will be an interesting ship, which leads me to believe there's going to be some sort of missions or um, like a fleet battle where you have to drop off soldiers onto uh, a star destroyer and the, uh, the troop carriers in uh, from the, the empire side, having to drop them off on a new Republic capital ships. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm super excited for this. I I think, I think this is this is a really necessary game. Um, after Battlefront two, I think, if Last Jedi or Fallen Jedi Fallen Order showed us anything, is there is a thirst for non online multiplayer first per or you know single player story driven games. So I'm hoping that we get at least something fun from the from the campaign or multiple campaigns and I think they could take a page out of like Uncharted's book and and add DCLs to the to, to create different aspects or longer campaigns. I don't I don't know what you think about that.
1: Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh but yeah, I remember I read an article oh about a year ago where somebody some studio head said that uh they thought a couple years ago that they thought single player games were dead. It was like dude and then it's like oh god of war oh the last of us oh like horizon zero dawn yeah. like Un- uncharted oh, you know? Un- Unchart- <laughs> oh, uncharted one through four spider-man like- yeah yes i gotta go it's finish just- that <laughs> dude i'm i'm at like 91 percent on the trophy wise so i have to get i have nine percent left i think i'm at
0: 27 percent of the game being done <laughs> Shame. I, I got to the part where, like, there was the big explosion, and then I never went back to it. Man. Well, it was Great so game. much like the PlayStation 2 version of Spider-Man 2 that I, I, I did have a hard time enjoying it. I'm not going to lie. Um, The web mechanics in the PlayStation 2 version were, were superior to the PlayStation 4 version.
1: Yeah, I I loved it. Like, I loved everything. Like, not everything about it i there were some issues i had with it but overall i love that game yeah great game so hopefully the squadrons will be a you know nice little boost in the arm of and Mm -hmm. it'll probably be it's coming out right around the time mandalorian i'm assuming yeah this
0: will be right right in line so i'm curious as to how much this will be canon um because you know inferno squadron is canon from from battlefront 2 and um yeah, I don't know. So it looks awesome. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, if if it looks as good as the Battlefront Two space battles are great, just don't make it play like the Battlefront Two space battles because, um, like there's no way to like really dodge, um, other than to do like barrel rolls and things like that. Whereas in the PS2 version of Battlefront Two, um there were specific combinations of button presses that you could do to do like a flip or a loop or, you know, there, there was just a bunch of different things you could do to evade. Um, and it it took away like not health, but whatever, like boost. Um, so like you maybe couldn't go as fast if you were, you were constantly trying to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and don't make it where like the tiniest fleck of space dust or like if you, you touch anything, you explode because that's not how it looked like star Wars doesn't do that. Like, you know, Hera used the ghost to, to knock other ships out of the way, like ties and things like that. And they didn't always explode. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, kind of make the ships a little tougher. The, the Republic ships will have shields. So they'll be able to like withstand a direct hit, um, a little better than some of the empire ships, but then the empire ships will be like more heavily armed and faster so right anywho all right so yeah that's uh october well, 10th uh check out the if you haven't watched the trailer definitely watch the trailer because that was really good um so
1: with that said um you ready to pull the band-aid off i know we've
0: been oh god a little bit. yeah i know <laughs> we're 48 minutes in uh, 49 <laughs> minutes in sorry um okay so artemis Fowl. um so this is a summary for the movies Artemis Fowl is a twelve-year-old genius and descendant of a long line of criminal masterminds. He soon finds himself in an epic battle against, the race, uh, against a race of powerful underground fairies, who may be behind his father's disappearance. At no point in this movie do they mention his family being um, criminal masterminds. They they go Kenneth Branagh, who directed this movie. Who dude? You're done like just period pieces from here on out like Shakespeare. That's your bailiwick stick with it. At no point did they say Artemis Fowl senior is a criminal mastermind. Artemis Fowl, S- Artemis Fowl senior is a, you know, proprietor of art and collector and antiquities dealer. Like, come on. Like, so, Oh, it's so frustrating.
1: Okay. So here are my notes. The first, uh, probably like the first 15 minutes Hagrid lookalike. The Raft Prison, this voiceover sucks. <laughs> Ireland is beautiful. I don't even know if it was filmed there. And Show, Don't Tell. Yeah. They tell, told us all of this stuff about mm-hmm. – have a drink every time somebody says he's a genius yeah. or he's smart. or he's. You'll get – dude, your liver will hate you.
0: Artemis but beat have, the, have,
1: have that same – mem- have, have a drink.
0: Greatest chess yeah. player when he was two – He learned how to poop and wipe his own butt when he was only one week old. He
1: cloned a goat when he was, like, and named named it Bruce.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's also, all right, I'm going to tell you the thing that I found most egregious about this movie. You cannot jump a one wheel without flight fins. (laughs) All right. You can't jump a one wheel like it's a skateboard without a ramp. That thing weighs 30 pounds. I have the one he has. All right, And the other thing is when he hits the ground like that That thing is stopping and throwing his 12 year self forward and since he wasn't wearing a helmet He's dying from a concussion or from a head injury Or he has traumatic brain injury where now he'll be slow
1: So when I saw that scene I immediately thought of you and I'm like Brian is going to hate this.
0: Oh I was so mad And Haley, <laughs> Haley's like enough about the one wheel Enough She's so tired of me talking about it. All right. One wheel future motion. Check it out. Onewheel.com. It is the greatest personal electric vehicle you will ever have. Um, I'm about to cross 300 miles on mine (laughs) and I've had it for like two months. Anyway,
1: probably because you've been at the gym.
0: uh, I rode it to the gym. Oh and, really? Yeah, it was six and a half miles each way. I rode at the gym, but then um, the next day I was doing leg day, so I was like, mm, maybe I should drive. So I drove, and I've ridden it once since then because that was my first leg day since coronation started. And ow, um, yeah. Plus I have bursitis in my hips so that really wasn't. I'm not. I'm not very bright. Um, okay, let me let me talk about the things I liked in this movie, because. There, there were some. It'll be a short list. It's not long. Um, I liked Colin Farrell for what little we had him. I liked Nonso Anazi as Dom, um, because that guy's awesome anytime he shows up in anything. I liked Josh Gad as the gigantic, dwarfish giganticus, um, because I like Josh Gad, even though you weren't a fan of his voiceover, and but I liked, yeah, I liked that it kind of ended on a high ish note. I think it went out with some good action. Um but Kenneth Brown out, you're done with or with pieces, dude. You, you like the way you did Thor and the way you did this and, and the the quotes that I saw about how he how and why he made change, the changes to, to the stories that he did shows a distinct lack of Understanding storytelling that hasn't already been written for him,
1: yeah. So,
0: or that he doesn't feel like it's something he can change, like Shakespeare,
1: yeah. So, I, yeah, I've really enjoyed their first Thor movie. Um, oh, I, did I too. never saw, don't Mur- get me wrong, I
0: never, wrong. I never saw
1: Murder on the Orient, Orient, uh, Express, so I don't know how well he did with that, but I'll do the same as you. I I I couldn't stand the voiceover. It was pointless and it took away from the the story and it it was basically a shortcut not to have to show us Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. Yep. Now I did like Josh Gad as his role, Mm -hmm. like actually as mulch diggums. I like that. Uh, I, I like, and again, this actually has to do with the source material. Mm -hmm. I like that the fairies had technology. I thought that was kind of cool. That was cool. I I like Colin Farrell. mm -hmm. Um, I did like um I, I what was the guy's name dom
0: yeah none uh, so holly short on, the, the yeah. car- like the oh yeah
1: she was okay
0: laura mcdonald um, an 84 year old even Renaissance. so yeah she was just she was in the lower elf police like yeah she was okay like you yeah, know she, was she wasn't okay. bad i mean she's a kid she's a kid actor like you know um yeah. Ferdia Shaw as Artemis Fowl. I just kind of like okay, like yeah, he was. You need a spanking, or you need to be put in the corner. Yeah, you need a
1: timeout, dude. It, it, um, <laughs> could, let's, cause, cause, to be honest, uh, and you know, I don't, I don't like just, I'm just not gonna like kick him while he's down, yeah. or anything. But even if Brana had created a much better experience with this,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it he he is not good enough of an actor, at least right now. So, to carry that franchise,
0: I I have a hot take. Ready? Mm -hmm. Tamara Sharp, Sharp, Tamara Smart, who played Juliet Butler, Dom's niece, they should have Mm -hmm. gender bent Artemis Fowl and made her the lead because that little girl was electric every time she was on screen. She was so funny and like she was, she was like precocious, but not in a bad way. And like, you know. She, they, and they, they showed us why she was a badass, right? In that little, see, that little vignette it, of you know right. the jujitsu and and being brilliant yeah. and all that.
1: And one of the problems I ha- I actually was gonna say is like why was she even in there? Because they didn't even use her like they should have. And honestly, yeah. that like she I th- she had the she has the charisma. It's the
0: charisma mm-hmm. that I don't know what it is, but she has it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. She has exactly. a certain that what the French exactly. call, and I don't know what. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, I I just thought like the 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 kid that played Artemis Fowl Jr. Um, he wasn't, you know, like I didn't root for him, I didn't root against no. him. He was just kind of there. Um, you know, I I think okay, so. We talked last night and so after going and looking at the um the like looking to see about the the book. Like what Ch- were the differences and the changes, oh right? My.
1: Okay. And and we're and neither one of us have read the book. Have
0: not read the uh, books. Uh I kinda wanna read the books now after after what I did. So it's uh Ian Carter Colfer is the the, the the uh the writer of Artemis the Artemis Fowl series. Artemis Fowl is a supervillain in the books, and he is a bad guy. He's a twelve-year-old dickhead um, <laughs> who who does bad things. He captures the fairy and uses the fairy as a conduit to steal gold from the underground fairy lair. How cool That's would how that it, have been? Yeah, and and yeah. and you know they're 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 doing multiple movies of this, right? Like, let's have a slow burn. Let's have him, like, get redeemed. Because guess what? Nobody wanted Ben Solo. Nobody wanted Kylo Ren to be redeemed. Everybody wanted that guy to get got in the most horrible way in The Rise of Skywalker. And no, they were able to redeem him and make us cheer for it and be happy that he saved Rey and he sacrificed himself and was redeemed in the end as a good guy like mm-hmm. these are the stories we like watching him watching a 12 year old pseudo break bad and have to tell you oh by the way i'm the bad guy it's like nah nah brother nah no <laughs> you and, know, and again it, um the it, oh go ahead
1: there was there was nothing that this movie did to convince me that he was a genius not one thing
0: no you know what this movie convinced me that is, I don't want to watch any more of these movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Plain and simple. Like I, I'm not, I'm not coming. Like you know, who, who hands the twelve year old the keys to the helicopter that he's never flown before? And like they and never again, mention as- him being a pilot in in any of that stuff. It's like, yeah. come on. And,
1: and again, you know, one of the things we were talking about before we started recording was the Blood Eagle. That's basically what <laughs> this movie was To the source material It held it down and it gave it a blood eagle
0: Yeah but the source but, material screamed And doesn't get to go to yeah, the The source material so, screamed yeah <laughs> I mean this um,
1: movie Was terrible
0: The worst part I, about this movie Is Dame Judi Dench yeah.
1: I was about to say I don't, I don't
0: know what like, when when, yeah. when I see Judy Dench on a call sheet or cast sheet for a movie for the past five years I'm like ugh, I'm not watching this she okay, has and- gotten she's gotten to the point where she's just so bad in movies that she's like like Jack Nicholson is got to the point where he was so bad in movies he was just Jack Nicholson doing like yeah. different weird accents now she's just Judy Dench doing different weird accents. Yeah, it's... Like, she was doing the Batman voice from the Nolan Batman movies. <laughs> like, I'm an elf. You have to do what I say. Uh, Swear to me.
1: I, I, and one of the things I told you about, and for those listening, I don't know if you follow, anybody follows on YouTube Screen Rant, which, again, they're, they are have iffy content, but one of my favorite things on the internet is the pitch meetings done by the Ryan yeah. George, I think. yeah and I watched the one I watched the pitch meeting for this movie before I even watched the movie and it's even like I couldn't it's hilarious because I'll tell you it's so true
0: what I'm most excited for about this movie is the uh the honest trailer <laughs> oh my god <goodness. laughs> you know that's going to come out of this so yeah uh you know let's do a spin off let's take Tamara Smart let's take Josh Gad let's take Nonzo uh, Azant a Nazi, I guess that's how you say Dom. Um, and let's take Colin Farrell and like, let's go make a new movie without yeah the rest of this was of
1: like a dream. People. You know, what? yeah, yeah this like is a dream.
0: have it have it where Tamara Smart wakes up in the in the shower and she's like, oh, I dreamed I was a stupid Irish kid. <laughs> 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 so, oh, daddy, I was a I was a stupid Irish boy and you were the butler and Colin Farrell was the good was the dad. And and like really Colin Farrell's the butler <laughs> and it's the yeah. other way around. Um, let's do that. So, all right. Uh this movie has a 95 minute runtime. Um it could easily have been 15 minutes shorter. Um
1: It, it has a, one of the most abrupt endings where it, there's no real climax to this movie. No. And None.
0: and like you said last night, it feels like there's like 40 minutes of this movie that was actually cut out. Yeah. Like cuz there's some weird fever, fever fever dream you get while watching it. Um 125 million dollar budget. <laughs>
1: on what because for the most part the special effects yeah fully the centaur Mm -hmm. what the hell was that
0: I don't know Narnia
1: did that better what 15 years ago the
0: time bubble was stupid and it looked dumb and it was like randomly sucking fairies into time and space like what was happening to the people who were getting sucked into the time bubble Um, yeah yeah. right. so let's talk some development here In 2001, plans were announced for a film adaptation of the series. Miramax was named as the purchaser of the film rights with Lawrence Gutterman signed to direct and Jeff Sockwell to write. In 2003, Koffer stated that the screenplay had been finalized and casting was due to start the same year, but expressed expressed skepticism over whether or not it would come to pass. Uh, It remained in development and was assumed to be in development hell until 2011 when... Uh, it was reported Jim Sheridan was interested in directing the movie with Shirsha Ronin attached to play Holly, uh, Holly Short. Okay, I can get on board with that. In 2013, Disney Pictures announced that Artemis Fowl, that a, a film covering the event of the first and second novels, of the series would be produced by Disney and the Weinstein Company. <sighs> with a screenplay by Michael Goldenberg, Robert De Niro and Jane Rosenthal signed on to this project as executive producers. Uh, In 2015, Variety reported that Kenneth Branagh was hired to direct a film for Disney with Irish playwright Connor McPherson (laughs) as screenwriter. Oh, yeah, I was meant to be bad. And uh, Judy Hoffland, 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 as executive producer on September 2017th, announced the film adaptation would be released on August 9th, 2019. So this movie was supposed to come out last year. Um, Following that, Disney removed Harvey Weinstein as a producer of the film and terminated the production partnership with the Weinstein Company, following Harvey being a very bad boy. Um, so, it also says here that Culfer started stated that he supported the changes from the storage material in the film. On that, I call bullshit. Uh,
1: yeah, that he
0: said that. Not, I told you why he said that before we started. To quote yeah. Jay and Silent Bob, he wanted that fat movie check,
1: or that and, I won't say or probably somebody had him at gunpoint when it, when they they were looking for that quote.
0: Mickey Mouse uh, and Goofy had him tied up in a basement yeah. in Disneyland and they were beating him with a butter sock yeah
1: oh, here's what you're gonna say
0: <laughs> well I gee I you gotta say this um, and again
1: this is this is coming from someone who has never read a, a single line of the book series. I, I
0: have to imagine the book series has to be considerably better and than just,
1: reading of, just reading some just reading some of the comments on the subreddit about people who love this series yeah. And what they changed, like Dom, for example, even though he was a good part of the movie, you don't even learn his name until like the third book because it's so important. Right. Uh, like, And it's like, why? and again, going back to David Cop or whatever his name is, I don't yeah. care. Um, it's very simple when you follow the source material. You don't throw it in a blender and see what comes out of it. This is what Kenneth Branagh and whoever, you know, the creative team behind mm-hmm. this movie did. They said, okay, here's all this stuff. Here's these eight books. I think it's eight books. Let, let's just like chop it up and just take bits and pieces of what's left. Mm-hmm. Because this is a, a, a travesty of an adaptation of a, a beloved series. Yep. That, are you there's uh, no other way to describe
0: it. Are you ready for the reception? <laughs> the reception oh, is not good. Okay. Comic book resources critics wrote uh Arc we're blasting the film for not being entertaining enough and for poor execution. Uh Rotten Tomatoes the you know is what it is has an approval rating of 10% based on 128 reviews with an average rating of 3.56 out of 10. Uh critics consensus uh would be franchise starter that will anger fans of the source material and leave newcomers befuddled spot on. Artemis Fowl is uh, frustratingly flightless. Uh, Metacritic fans weighed in 31 out of 100 based on 33 critics, uh, generally unfavorable reviews. Uh, Kate Erbland, who we've talked about before, from IndieWire, gave it a D+, plus and noted the film lacked an effective star, good effects, general coherency, and any sense of actual magic. Taking serious liberties with the first two books in the series, all the better to slim down the packed plot, one of the few creative choices that went into the film's making. Um, Connor McPherson and Hamish McCall's screenplay eventually thins down a convoluted story to near nothingness. Mm -hmm. um peter debarge or debarge from variety the film feels torturously long at just 93 minutes (laughs) (laughs) we get a movie with a loosely defined hero and even vaguer villain and a whole lot of things flying at the screen in service of one of those endings that suggest we watch the origin story for a character we'll never hear from again
1: not for ten another five or ten years when they do a reboot. Uh, oh
0: God! <laughs> I mean, it's just... yeah. Um. Anyway, let's see. Oh, uh, casting McConnell as short brought accusations of whitewashing, given the character in the book series was described as having dark nut brown skin, uh, yeah. on a coffee complexion. Great, Tamara Smart, man, she would've been great in that role. I want to see more from that kid. Um. Yeah, similarly, Az- Azanzi's caster as the butler was criticized for the character having been described as Eurasian who could pass as Japanese and Russian in the book series. And because the character's physical description of terrifying anyone in his presence, combined with his backstory of his family, having served the Fowl family for centuries in Azanzi's cast scene, seemed to be embodied, embodying several stereotypes of African-Americans particularly the scary black man and black servant tropes all right
1: seriously
0: seriously like one that guy is awesome did you ever see ender's game yes he's in ender's game he's the he's the um the launchies sergeant when they get to battle school and yeah, he is yeah. so good and he's been in a bunch of stuff right um he he was in Game of Thrones. He was the one that uh Khaleesi locked in the um Yeah, in the um in the vault. Oh um the vault, yeah. yeah. And you know, I mean he's he's really, 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 really good. And like he definitely needs to be in more stuff. So let's not complain about this guy actually getting one of the few roles in this shit show that had some meat to it and that he was good at. Um I and- will say it was pretty funny when he you know, spoiler died, um, and was brought back, and he was like, "Was I crying?" And, you know, that was yeah. that was genuinely funny, and that was because, yeah. again, good actor. Oh, he was in Cinderella as the, uh, the the captain of her guards, um, but yeah, he's he's really good, um, and and he, yeah, he like I he's one of the few bright
1: spots of the movie. Yeah.
0: Oh, apparently he's in one of the new episodes of Doctor Who, uh, one of the new seasons and uh yeah so all right that being said uh this is a solid three out of ten <laughs> and that's 2. Being 5. Generous. three out of ten is yeah. being 100 percent. I, I feel like your 2.5 is probably being generous for you um, I, I think so too you know
1: it, i mean i've seen worse don't yeah, get me wrong oh, yeah
0: i mean th- is this but. the worst movie ever made no does no. this movie have a an audience that will enjoy it yes they're called 12 year old girls um (laughs) because for whatever reason she enjoyed the movie and you know great i like it when she enjoys stuff especially when she enjoys stuff that i don't like because then we can talk about it um and and i can teach her to have like actual discourse and you know i don't make fun of her for liking it um i mean i make fun of her for so many other things but (laughs) anyway um but yeah, I think the 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 this film feels torturously long at, at just ninety three minutes it is a pretty That's, apt description of of what this is. And if you're if you're bored here as coronation is winding down and and still looking for things to watch, there are things that are a much better use of your time.
1: Don't watch this.
0: Yeah, don't watch the Mandalorian I mean, again. Watch watch the Disney yeah. Gallery Mandalorian. Watch yeah, um. I- Watch McFarland watch USA. Yeah. Watch
1: your paint. You know let Paint your walls and watch it dry. That'll be more a better use of your time than watching this movie. Take
0: an old shoe and put your foot in it, and like nail the shoe with your foot in it, but not your foot into a <laughs> barrel, and then beat your foot with a hammer. That is a better use of your time than watching this movie.
1: Oh my goodness! And Ooh. again, this is one of those movies that Do you have a you bike. Know?
0: Find a really big hill. Take the chain off the bike and go down the hill
1: th- th- brian this is one of those movies like say a suicide squad or a justice league that the more i think about it the more ticked off i'm going to get that the I angrier you get
0: <laughs> that you- yeah. yeah oh well on on the plus note unlike suicide squad and justice league it was only 93 minutes of your time and not two plus hours of your time so oh and you know honestly after rewatching justice league this yesterday um Not as bad as Batman versus Superman.
1: I see. I thoroughly disagree with that.
0: Um, it's bad, and I'm I'm really because
1: Batman versus Superman the ultimate cut is actually a passable movie. See, I
0: couldn't give three more hours to that movie.
1: Yeah, well, which again, a lot of the glaring you can drive a train through it plot holes (laughs) of the theatrical version are cleaned up in the first five minutes of the movie.
0: Oh, like the Men so Athlete Daredevil movie.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> that's why and again, I, I have not watched yeah. the, the regular cut of that movie of Batman V Superman since I went to go see it the first yeah. time. I've only watched the i watched the ultimate cut maybe two or maybe two and a half times, three times. Yeah. And it's again, it has its issues. Mm-hmm. Uh but it like Justice League, even though I like Wonder Woman, even though I liked Aquaman. Um, very, very little I liked in Justice League. Um, very, even less about this movie. But like you said, it's thirty minutes shorter. So I think
0: the only yeah. DC movie I've really liked from start to finish was Shazam. I,
1: I've liked all. Well, I like the first. I, I like the God.
0: first two thirds of Wonder Woman. I like the yeah, first. Yeah, that. Yeah. I like the first third of Aquaman and the last third of Aquaman. Um, I didn't like the middle at all. It dragged. It was stupid. Um, they blew their wad with with Manta. Um,
1: that that was dumb. Yeah. That was just
0: it was a waste. waste. Um, absolute waste. You know. So so there's that. But yeah, I I think you know I want to see the air cut of Suicide Squad because you can definitely watch that movie and see that it is a tale of two storytellers. Um mm-hmm. and you know so same, I mean it's the same thing with Justice League Joss Whedon ruined that um what was gonna be a flawed movie anyway so yeah. like I'm not think I'm not expecting the Snyder Cut to like change my mind on all of this and like I'm not sitting at the table with a coffee cup like Snyder Cut will <laughs> redeem DCU change my mind um it won't but you know I, I'm I'm really kind of interested to see his take on it because. Yeah. You know, I I don't I don't think I've seen all of his films. Like I really didn't like Sucker Punch. Um, I
1: couldn't finish that movie. I I have not yeah. gotten through the whole thing.
0: Oh, speaking of not being able to finish it, like it took me four tries to get through Artemis Fowl. I never made and it the- past the twenty minute mark until you texted me and said, "Should we talk about this?" I was like, "I'll power through."
1: <laughs> yeah, I and I'm pretty um-
0: sure I fell asleep at one point, then Haley woke me up. So.
1: Yeah, this movie, um, like, like I said, it's it's just it's bad all around and, and both of us have similar things we pointed out that were yeah the lone bright spots. Yeah. There were a couple of them, but overall I cannot disrecommend this movie enough. <laughs> I don't I'm making up a word. Yeah. Disrecommended.
0: Disrecommended. This is certified uninfamous. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. So I, he, I
1: would still watch this before I watch The happening again.
0: Oh god. Oh. All right. In summary, for this week's podcast, we <laughs> so Star Wars is making their own MCU. Um, there's a really cool trailer for a new Netflix show called Cursed coming out. Go watch it on on um the YouTube. Uh, David Cope is a baby. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars Squadrons looks cool, and Artemis Fowl. Took a dump on my Disney Plus account. <laughs> I mean, it was can, foul. Can we, it was so like so. Yeah, this, this episode is titled Artemis Foul. F O U L, and no, it's not a typo. Um. So, anyway, all right. uh Anything else you want to talk about before we go?
1: No, not at all. I'm just actually just kind of looking forward to July on net Netflix in July. Yeah, man. Netflix
0: it's- is gonna kill it in July. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. On paper, they're going to kill yeah. it in
1: July. Let's put it. And there. then, and then we should be getting the boys too. Oh Don't yeah. Oh,
0: hey, did we ever talk about Love Life? No, we didn't. All right. If you guys have not watched Love Life yet, it's um the Anna Kendrick HBO Max original. Um, it is ten episodes of just Anna Kendrick gold. If you like Anna Kendrick, um, and her brand of humor and and her just acting and 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 you know. Wonderfulness, um, go watch it. That's my recommendation. Yeah. Before next week, go watch yeah. it. We're probably not going to talk about it, it, but like, it's highly recommended. Um. Yeah, the other thing that. is, uh, I highly recommend Alpha Squadron. And comic wise, this week, uh, Strange Adventures, uh, issue two from Tom King. It's the Adam Strange series, uh, that he's writing, which is weird and wonderful and awesome. And he's being accused of murder um it is a it is a very very good read and issue one is out issue two just came out well worth it it's 12 issue mini series anything you recommend
1: no i haven't been i've just been watching the office lately so been rewatching that that's a, that's about it yeah um like but I, we've talked about what's coming out you, you know uh it's just I, I I need a date for the boys. That's that's the one. Yeah. I need a
0: date for the boys. You do. You haven't been on a date in a long time, and you know you forget how to do it. And oh wait, not, <laughs> not that mind. kind of date. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I'm kind of desperate to talk about the NBA. I'm not gonna lie. Oh uh, yeah, I, there's I, so much going on. Um, yeah, I that right there in itself is like my favorite drama right now because people okay, are so, listening to Kyrie Irving for some reason.
1: Yeah. So honestly. I, I would probably watch Artemis Fowl twice more than I would have interest in NBA drama. Talk, oh,
0: you're so you're so wrong.
1: Anyway, yeah, that's how much I care about the NBA, and, and but well, I I'm love the NBA.
0: I love the NBA. Yeah, like, I don't
1: like the NBA. I know. Well, no, no, I take that back. I don't like regular season NBA basketball. I actually do watch the playoffs, and I couldn't care less what these guys think and what they say because half of them. Anyway, let let me just leave that. I'm yeah. not going to say anything else. I'm going to make um, I'm going
0: to make an argument for why you should watch the NBA because it's actually the most no. fun basketball right now, and players actually stick around the league for years, so you can get a favorite player and cheer for them wherever they go. Unlike college 100% basketball, agree with that. why they're only there yeah. for a season and they don't even finish the school year before they leave. Yeah. They just go, they play until March, and then they drop out, yeah. and it's ridiculous. See, I, I,
1: yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the brand of basketball of the NBA right now, except, like I said, when they come to playoff time because they turn up the defense.
0: Dude, the brand of basketball right now is so fast. Okay, never mind. <laughs> it's so fast with the threes <laughs> and, and everything. It, like, when you have guys like Giannis who are nearly seven feet tall who can just drain it from anywhere on the court and drive to the hoop. Yeah, but like, he's like, it's shoots a- 29% amazing. from three, though. Great. So he's not a – he, but he's not like that. Well, that's the thing, it? though. That's but he can still make it, you know. Like, but. it's not like back in the day where the only guy who could shoot the long ball was Bill Lambeer. Anywho, on that, <laughs> this has been Sports Chat on the Infos <laughs> Podcast. Uh, I no, right? Oh, uh, by the way, I'm the Dan Rydell. He's tasting plan. the call. We'll be back next week. Uh, oh, have you ever watched Sports Night?
1: The uh, show Sports no, Night, I have not. the uh, the no, Sorkin I show, when
0: it was out. all right? So, uh just real quick total rant. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. Right. I love it. Um, one of the coolest things about the show is anytime there's a college basketball game on one of the monitors in the background, it's Millett hall. Seriously. Yeah. So one of the producers, one of the producers went to Miami and just kind of used Miami footage for stuff. It's either men's or women's, which is equally cool. So that is pretty cool. Yep. Anyway. All right. On that note, love and honor. Uh, Daryl and I both went to Miami, so um, yeah, alright we'll see you guys next week we are, next week we, I, I, I came up with a really good idea and I, I gave it to Daryl like way too late this week but we are going to talk about our favorite heist films and what makes a good heist film
1: that's going to be fun,
0: it will be and I might share my plan on how to get away with robbing a bank spoiler <laughs> Is that alert, that going to be a TV show now? spoiler alert, leave no witnesses all right on that note we'll see you guys next week talk to you later peace out bye the infamous podcast is recorded in kings mills ohio just north of cincinnati with new episodes out every sunday you can find more information about the show online at infamouspodcast.com We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Infamous Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app. If you're enjoying the show, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Infamous Podcast for our new tiers and rewards. The Infamous Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Brian Tudor, with music provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Brian Tudor. So whenever you're listening to the show, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Later.